0: So a picture is worth a thousand words. You've probably heard that phrase before. But what happens when someone can use their words to paint a picture? Do you know some people like that who are so artistic when they speak that, that it's just like they're picking up a, a, a paintbrush and just painting on the blank cam- canvas of our brains. And it, it just becomes so, so vivid. I, I think Isaiah had that gift. I don't know what images were, were going through your brains as he used those 274 strokes, 274 words from Isaiah chapter 11 uh, that we looked at earlier. But we're going to look at them a little bit closer right now and look at this this painting, this picture Uh, that Isaiah paints for us. Uh, Starting with that opening verse where he says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Uh, From its roots a branch will bear fruit. That picture, I don't know what you think of when you hear that. Maybe even just honing in on that word stump. Stump of Jesse. You all are envisioning that right now. Uh, You know, uh, a stump, just by nature of what it is, has this idea of nostalgia, right? You can't think of a stump without thinking of the past. You look at a stump and what do you see? You see the rings that are there. And maybe you're led to count the age of the tree that once stood there in all of its grandeur. Or or maybe you look at the, the thickness of the rings, and you say, oh man, that was a good growing season, or that wasn't a good growing season, that it really flourished at this point or at that point. And, and so you're always thinking about the past, but other than maybe being a good place to sit on now, uh, a stump really doesn't have a whole lot of worth to it. And and we're going to talk about that today, that that's that's exactly how Isaiah paints this picture, that, that whenever we think of the word stump, we're, we're maybe led to the past. You know, if, if you went and cut a Christmas tree down, you didn't take the stump with you, right? You left it there for next year's tree hunters to say, hmm, I wonder how nice this tree was that once stood here. And that, that's really what Isaiah's original readers and listeners would have been asking as well. Because when they hear this phrase, when when Isaiah paints this picture, the stump of Jesse, Jesse's been dead for 300 years by now. And so they have to sit there and kind of wonder, well, I wonder what the tree of Jesse once looked like. And and maybe they heard a little bit, they they knew a little bit of the history of what that tree looked like. Just like you and I know a little bit of our family trees, or we know a little bit of our, our, our tree of our country, Right, We hear stories about Washington or Lincoln, or we, we listen to musicals about Hamilton. And, and so, too, they would have had a little bit of history about the family tree of Jesse. They would have heard about David, for example, and how David would have, was the one who cut down that giant Goliath with a sling and a stone. Uh, they would have heard about Solomon, Wise King Solomon and how he loved nature and, and how he could have told them anything about that stump. But as they looked at that stump of Jesse, and, and they, maybe David and Solomon, those were the, the good, flourishing years that they would have seen in the rings. They also would have seen some bleak years. And they would have remembered, oh yeah, the tree of Jesse wasn't always great. It wasn't always standing in grandeur. You know, sometimes there was a, like there was a civil war, that caused a that caused a division, that caused a, a break uh, between the, the two kingdoms, and so that they they kind of fizzled out. Uh, they would have they would have heard they were remembered about how, you know, what there was there were golden calves that were erected instead of as on the place where altars were once set to worship the true God. They would have heard about things like temple shrines and temple prostitutes and Asherah pulls. And so the history of the stump of Jesse's tree, what the, what the stump of Jesse's tree was, was not all that glorious. And the fact that it's a stump would have also reminded them that somewhere along the line, God grabbed a, an Assyrian axe. And later on, a Babylonian axe, and he actually cut down his people. So that at this point, they're nothing more than just a stump. Lifeless. A stump politically, a stump emotionally, and worst of all, a stump spiritually. What about us? What has you stumped? Or what makes us feel like a stump? You know, I, th- I think we, we often, whether or not we admit it, we, I think we all feel like stumps once in a while. where we just live in the past, right? Oh, look at the rings. Those were good old years. That was a good year, and that was a good year. Or we're very good about counting the rings and counting our ages, right? We got somebody with eight rings starting tomorrow. And, and so we're, we're very good about living in the past, thinking about what was great, thinking about what was not so great. And even if we're not reminiscing about the past, maybe we're remembering very clearly what made us a stump. Maybe we've remembered somewhere in the past how we've been cut down, maybe by someone's sharp words or someone's coarse actions, and, and that still hurts as we remember those days or maybe we're just kinda confused about life you know we, we can't figure things out and, and we use that analogy what do we say when we can't figure something else out we say hmm I'm stumped Right? I can't figure out what I should do with a certain family situation or maybe you can't figure out what, you know, where you should live or what job you should take or should you stay in your job? Should you apply for a new one? Should you, should you go to this school or should you go to that school? Or, or you have some health issue that you're not quite sure what you're going to do? There's a lot in our, our life where we are just either feel like a stump where people just sit on us or we're maybe stumped by our situation. And maybe you're thinking, well, that's not me. Maybe you're thinking, no, I am. my life is flourishing. I am standing tall and proud. Every decision I make just is great. And maybe that's true and good for you. But maybe you're fearful of what's coming. What happens when your health isn't standing so tall? What happens when you might get cut down in the future? When you, Are you fearful of losing a job, of losing a house? Or I think of the season we're in right now. We're in the season of Advent. You know, Advent is that, that time again that gets us to prepare for Jesus' first coming. And we're really good about that. When it talks about, you know, when we say, we're about to say the second article of the Apostles Creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Let's celebrate that. But what about the, the bookend to the second article? And he's going to come back to judge the living and the dead. Does that maybe at all scare us? When we hear John the Baptist say something like, the axe is already at the root of the trees, ready to cut down any, good, any tree that does not bear good fruit and throw it into the fire. Do we think that axe is coming for us? You know, I look at my life, and I know I've produced a lot of bad fruit. Whether it's arrogant thoughts that I'm harboring or covetous glances or envious looks that I'm casting. Maybe sharp words coming out of our mouth or, or maybe family fights that we've started. And as we sit there on a stump for a chair, we can easily be led to despair because we know our fruit hasn't always been good. And I have a tendency to believe that I'm not the only tree in the forest who feels that way. So what are we going to do? How do we deal with that that despair, that hopelessness, that fear when maybe we feel like the axe is coming for us or when we just feel stumped in life? Whatever has you stumped, whatever has sapped your strength today, let Isaiah... Let Isaiah paint for you, like he so beautifully does, a picture of hope and life and, and relief. Uh, and, and look what he, you know, he, he, he paints this picture again. He says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. I mean, our, so easily our eyes could focus on a stump, and yes, he does talk about a stump, but he says that's just the backdrop to the picture. That's what you were. That's what your life was. Now look in the foreground. There's a shoot. A shoot represents life. A, a, a shoot represents hope. A shoot represents a, there, is, there is something better that's coming. And and that is exactly what Isaiah doesn't just paint for them. That's what he paints for you and for me because as you go through Scripture, you realize who is that shoot? That shoot is none other than Jesus. And that is what Jesus brings to our stumped life. He brings us life when it seems like there's only death. He brings us hope when it seems like there's only despair. He brings us relief when there's just pain. How does he do that? How does a little shoot bring all of that to us? Well, look, at, look again what, what Isaiah says here. He says, a shoot will come up from a stump of Jesse, and all of a sudden that shoot becomes a little bit all grown up, right? Because from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. What does that mean? That this Jesus, this shoot who becomes a branch will bear fruit. This is what we call the, the active obedience of Jesus, Uh, So often when we talk about Jesus, we focus on his passive obedience, things that he allowed to happen to him, that, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ who has suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he had to do all those things to pay for our sins. He allowed that to happen to him, but he also lived a perfect life in our place. That is the, what we call the active obedience of Jesus. Or as it says here, he will bear fruit. With the spirit, and, and Isaiah goes on to say here, he says, with the spirit of the Lord resting on him, you see what Jesus was able to do? He had the had spirit of wisdom and understanding. He was able to always distinguish between what was right and what was wrong, and he was able to always figure out how to do the right thing. With the spirit of, of counsel and of might, he, he was able to devise a perfect plan in how he was going to rescue us for eternity. And then he didn't just devise a plan. He had the might. He had the power to execute that plan. Or as it says here, with the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, he, had, he, he was able to know exactly what his father's demands were for his justice to be satisfied. And he delighted... In carrying out those laws. He delighted in, in meeting every one of God's demands for you and for me. And because Jesus was able to do that, that means that you and I don't have to fear the axe that's coming from us. You know, there's that old proverb that says, one bad apple ruins the whole bunch, or one bad apple spoils the whole bushel, however, you heard it. Well, what, what's this saying is saying is that Jesus, Jesus is the good apple. And as a good apple, he purifies the whole bunch. He purifies the whole bushel. Yes, I in you we we've produced enough bad fruit in our life. But Jesus has produced enough good fruit. And credit is to us so that we don't have to fear God grabbing for an axe to cut us down. But we get to use his righteousness. As we get to stand before God in judgment, as as Isaiah goes on to say here, he says, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy, and with justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. So what does that result in? What does that mean, that, that Jesus has lived a perfect life for you and for me, what does that mean for us that we don't have to live in fear of this axe coming to, to make us stumps? Well, Isaiah, I think this is where he really shines. Uh, I think He's really good at painting pictures of animals, right? I don't know what, what it was going through your minds here, uh, but listen to what he says. He says, this is the result. The wolf will live with the lamb, the, le- the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them the cow will feed with the bear their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like an ox the infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest I don't know what what pictures are going through your mind as you go through that that zoo Uh, that he draws there for us or that he paints there for us. I I think I've really grown to appreciate uh, these words, having lived in Reno uh, now for three years, is that um, in the land of the coyote, right? It, It seems almost every week or maybe even every day you see on social media or someone talking about, hey, has anybody seen Fluffy? You know, or, or bring your small dogs in because coyotes spotted on the corner of this lane and that road. And I am not trying to make light of people losing their, their, their pets uh, to coyotes. But it's a reality. When you think of coyotes, it's a reality of the world in which we live. You see, sin did not just cause tension or friction between people, which it does. All of creation is affected by by sin. There is tension in this world. People do not get along. That's what sin does. It, It separates. It divides. And that's the reality of our world. That is not the reality of Jesus' world. What did the angels sing when that little shoot was just a sprout on Christmas Eve? What did they sing? First words... That the angels saying, glory to God in the highest, and peace to all people on earth. Or we paraphrase it, and hark the herald angels sing, peace on earth, and mercy mild, God and sinners reconcile. We're not separated from God anymore. That is ultimate, that is the biggest peace that you and I enjoy. But what Isaiah paints here for us is saying, don't, don't, Make, don't make God's peace, don't short shrift what the shoot can do for you. That's hard to say. Don't short shrift what the shoot can do for you, right? That he doesn't just bring peace with us and God. He also brings peace with one another. He can make the wolf and the lamb lie down together. He can make the leopard and the goat lie down together. He can, he can have the calf and the lion together. He can have a cow and a bear together. He can have an infant and a, and a viper together. Jesus does not just bring peace with God. He brings also what you might call horizontal peace. And you think about what that means for us today as we go about living our lives. You know, maybe you're, you're stressed because you might be getting together with siblings that you squabble with over Christmas, right? Or maybe you aren't getting together with them because, you know what, there have been just too many sharp words spoken in the past, too many wounds that are too deep. And yet, the peace and the safety that this little shoot brings, Jesus says, hey, it's not too big for Jesus to cover. Or, or maybe you've you're been feuding with your neighbors for a decade already, and it just escalated because they outdid you again with their Christmas lights. And there's no way you'll ever cross that property line. And yet, the same God who can make the wolf and the lamb together lie down together is the same God who says, you know what, I can repair that relationship. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're even struggling Living with yourself. You're, you're battling yourself. You, you go to a Christmas party, and, and once again, you, you get bitten by that vice that you've been struggling with for years. And you come home, and you look in the mirror, and, ah, you're warring. How can I ever live with myself? This little shoot that can keep a child from being bitten from a viper, he can also equip and empower you, to be able to live with yourself, to forgive yourself in the cross of Jesus. Don't short shrift what this little shoot can do. Yes, primarily you have peace with God. Your relationship has been reconciled with him, but he also reconciles you with each other. And eventually, eventually that's what we'll see. In completion. Because this little shoot becomes a root. A root that doesn't just, you know, as, as Isaiah goes on here, he says, that root of Jesse is going to grow up and it's going to stand tall. Stand tall as we see once again in heaven this flourishing, this flourishing tree of Jesus where everybody, where, where all peoples, are going to stand before as as this as this root of Jesse is this banner and and the nations, nations, different kinds of people are going to run to him. People from every language, people from every race, people from every nation, people from every neighborhood. We get to rally around this this Jesus, who brings us ultimate peace. And that picture, that picture that Isaiah paints for us is nothing short of glorious. Amen. Uh, Please stand.